Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's take our Bible affirmation where we are seated. Sit down. The Bible affirmation quickly. Thank you, chosen vessel. God bless you. You know, you have always been a blessing to me and to all of us here. Let's clap for them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Say with me, this is my Bible. It is God's inner and unchanging word. This is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide these words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by doing its teachings. And sow it in my world by being a witness hereafter. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Father, we receive your word today with meekness. And we ask that, Lord, our hearts will be renewed by this word. We are product of this word. And so we receive the word. And the word prospers in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. First John chapter 2. This was a text we had last week. I'm looking at the believer spiritual transformation part 2. Uh, some people have asked me some questions. Others have said a few things which I want to take this opportunity to deal with some of them, one or two of such, and I want us to please listen with a very expectant heart. First John chapter 2. I'm going to read from the King James Version, uh, from verse 12 to verse 14. He says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abided in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Praise the Lord. Last week when we looked at the scripture, I said to us that there are three classes of people the scripture is referring to here, which shows also the classes of people in a typical worship environment. There are those that are babes in Christ, it calls them children, little children. There are those that are uh, spiritual adolescents, more or less, he calls them young men. There are those that are matured or pursuing maturity. He calls them fathers. And the difference in all this is their knowledge, their interaction with God, and their work with God. Their knowledge, their interaction with God, that is the word of God, and their work with God in that word. It defines the three categorizations. Now, when it comes to spiritual transformation for believers, 
there are some concepts I have had in the church, not necessarily this our own assembly, but generally some believers have some thoughts and some thinking, some of the things we can address like myths and so on, and I just want to take a few of them and quickly draw our attention to it. Because again, they can serve perceptions. And when it enters in you, it can become a stronghold. Because that's one of the dangerous things about perception. They are there. You may not even be aware that they are there. But they are the ones that begin to gather or affect the direction of your life without you even knowing that such an entity is there and creating unnecessary problems for you. It is the word of God that has an answer to it. The Bible says that the word of God is the one before whom we have to do. When we come before him, we are naked before him. He's able to divide asunder the spirit, the soul, and the marrow, and the joints. Are you following me? So when you say you want to maybe examine yourself now, if you turn a torchlight to inside your heart and you begin to look for sin, you are just wasting your time. Let the word of God be the one that would extray your heart to show you what should be and what shouldn't be. Because the heart of man can be extremely deceitful. Praise God. So the first myth I want to talk about is that spiritual growth is equivalent to my position in Christ. The more I grow, the bigger I become in Christ. Some people feel that way. Some people think that way. And so they want to grow because they want to be bigger. They want to command bigger power and so on. It doesn't really follow like that. Because the truth is this. What is it that has made us to even be children of God, to position us in Christ? It is salvation. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of your works, lest any man should boast. And in order for you to be able to stand before God, God gives us, remember the three cardinal gifts I talked about? Uh, the gift, the goodwill gifts. The gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. The gift of righteousness, Romans chapter 5. And the gift of eternal life, Romans chapter 6. Are you following me? Those are the foundational gifts that God has given us. And those foundational gifts, one that makes you to be able to stand before God and stand before the devil without guilt, Without fear is a gift of righteousness. Are you with me? And when it comes to righteousness, you got born again now. Are you following me now? You are just getting born again now. God impacts unto you righteousness. The day you are 10 years old in the Lord and growing in the Lord, you cannot be more righteous than you were the day you got born again. Because righteousness is imparted. Righteousness is a gift. Righteousness is God's nature that has been put inside us. Are you following me? You cannot increase in righteousness. There is nothing you can do that can contribute to increase in righteousness. But you can grow in grace. You can increase in grace. You can increase in grace. You can increase in knowledge. As you increase in knowledge, the grace of God becomes more and more evident in you. But your righteousness, discussing in terms of men, in terms of the numbers of men, if your righteousness was 10 the day you got born again, the day you die, eh, 
you live your full life, 70, 80 years, 90 years, the day you die, your righteousness is still 10. Do you understand me? And that is what affects your position and my position in Christ. It is not because I am learning more. The more I learn, the more I increase in grace, not in righteousness. The more the grace of God that is upon my life, the more I can do as a child of God. The basics, what qualifies me to stand before God is the gift of righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. It says, but of him ye are in Christ, who, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and what? Redemption. Jesus has been made all this unto you. Praise the Lord. If you read that scripture from the uh, Passion Translation, it says, for it is not from man that we draw our life. Did you see that? It is not from man, Passion Translation is on the screen, if you don't have it in your devices, for it is not from man that we what? Draw our life, but from God as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And now he is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our what? Redemption. You stand before God as a result of righteousness. That is the basis. That is what qualifies you. Righteousness is the rightness of God. No matter how you carry him, turn, 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 and throw, we will still drop right. The right person. The right way. There's nothing in him that can make him be bad or evil. Are you following me? And that nature he has given to us. As a result of that nature that he has given to us, out of that nature, when you begin to live out of that nature, not out of your works, living out of that nature, you begin to produce fruits of holiness, things of holiness. Holiness is a product of your nature, and your nature is righteousness. And that is what qualifies you to stand before God. Are you following me? You don't get more righteous as you grow in Christ. But what increases in your life is grace, the grace of God. Praise the Lord. So when you begin to pray some prayer, God, make me more righteous. You are not praying scriptural prayers. But you can say, God, help me to increase in grace. Help me to increase in grace. Help me to increase in grace. When grace increases, faith increases. When grace increases, results increases. When grace increases, influence increases. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The second thing I've had people say is that as I grow in Christ, God's love for me increases. I don't know if you have heard it. Me, I've heard it. God loves me because I do this, because I do this, because I do this, because I do this, because I'm increasing the knowledge of God. Beloved of God, that cannot be so. It's not so. God loves each of us the same way. In fact, hear what Jesus said. John chapter 17, verse 23. John 17, 23. Whether you are a day old in Christ or you are an ancient and modern in Christ, God's love for you is the same. Are you with me today? God will not love you less 
because of his shortcoming. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But hear what Jesus said. I want all of us to read it together. This is what Jesus has said, though. Let's read together. One, two, go. I, mm-hmm, go on. Hold on. You remember this was Jesus praying. This was the high priestly prayer of Jesus. So let's read it again. Read it boldly. One, two, go. Read that last line again. And as what? And has done what? Loved them. Has thou has done what? Loved me. The same love that God has for Jesus is the same love he has for me. It's the same love he has for you. 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 Jesus was on the cross. He said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? He forsook him because he had become sin. But he did not cleanse his love for his son. And the son said, I will go there. Why? Because you have said in your word, you will not leave my soul. You will not allow my bones to be broken. Nor allow me to see corruption. Remember. Now, let's see it in the Passion Translation Again, Passion Translation. Please, can we read together one to go? You and the point in this verse I'm stressing is the fact that for they will see that you love each of them. That is, individualizing it now. Individualizing now. They will see that you love each of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Beloved, God loves Jesus passionately. Do you believe that? Who is the next person that God loves passionately? Oh, say it if you, if you know it is so. God loves me passionately. Say it. God loves me passionately. Just like he loved Jesus. The same love he had for Jesus is the love he has for me. Whether you become Methuselah in the church is the same love. Are you listening to me, church? The same love he had for Jesus is the same love he has for you and I today. So it cannot be said that because evangelist or apostle or pope, so so and so, because of his height in God, God loves him more than me. No. It's the same love. Tell your neighbor it's the same love. What kind of confidence should that give you, therefore? What it did not allow to happen in the life of Jesus, it will not allow to happen in my life too. Why? Whatever love procured for Jesus, that same love is available for me to procure it for me. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. I said, yes, spiritual transformation 
is not the same as a ministry position. I'm a pope. I'm a cardinal. I'm an apostle. I'm a reverend. All those are ministry positions. There are many babes that are probably occupying some of those offices. Are you following me? Longevity in the faith. There are some people that have been in church for 20 years, 30 years. In fact, the moment the church door opened, they run in. But they have refused to walk by the word of God. They have refused to apply the knowledge of God in their lives. As a result of that, they are not growing. What are the three areas in your life that you must see progress in to indicate that you are growing in Christ? I talked about it last week. What are they? One, how many of us were here last week? I expect us to, and I mentioned it again on Sunday. One is your knowledge of God. The knowledge of the word of God must increase. You come into knowledge. Get, invest in a good Bible. Study the Bible for yourself. Don't miss services. As this service is over, go get the message. Listen to them over and over again. You must increase in the knowledge of God. And when you catch that knowledge, and you begin to put that knowledge in practice, you are building your faith muscles. Are you with me? The second thing that you must increase in to show that you are growing in the Lord is your love walk. Your love walk. Ephesians 5, I think 4.13. Your love walk, your love walk, your love walk. Are you growing in love? What is the indices to show that you are growing in love? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses 4 to verse 8, possibly read in any of the new translations, and ask, measure your life by those words. The next thing that shows that you are growing in the Lord is how you pray, what you pray, the depth of your prayer. I said the depth of your prayer. I'm not even talking about the length of the prayer. You can pray all you know about God and prayer is how you should kill your enemies. Hello, how he should give you money. How he should give you breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Some people, those are the kinds of prayers they know. But prayer is more than that. When you pray, the first thing that prayer does is that prayer changes you. It's an instrument for your transformation. Prayer is an instrument for you to be able to stand and take authority, to be able to legislate Say, this happens, this does not happen. It is in the place of prayer that you get all those things done. Prayer is also a place for you to come in and enforce the will of God in a situation. And lastly, prayer is where you can stand and ask God for things for yourself. Asking God is the least of the things that prayer does. That is the things you are asking for yourself. But you are the primary beneficiary of prayer because prayer changes you. The Bible says, as he stood to pray, after the Mount of Transgression, what happened? As he prayed, what happened? He was transfigured. The confession of his countenance was what? Changed. And he lightened up. Prayer will always change you. That is why in Jude, the Bible says, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying how? In the spirit. So, if your own is only fall down and die, beloved of God, God will hear you, but that's where you will end. You will miss the opportunity for transformation. You will miss opportunity for legislative powers with God. You will miss the opportunity of enforcing the will of God on the earth 
in the lives of people and you will miss the opportunity for you to even ask intelligibly the things that God has made provisions for you. Oftentimes, those that stay at the lower level of fall, die, and so on, they begin to ask for God, from God what things, what, the things that God has already provided for them. There's nothing wrong in falling down and dying. Do you understand me? Eh? But don't let it be your major. Learn to stay before God in the place of prayer. You come to him in worship. You come to him pouring your heart. Letting the Holy Spirit guide you in the place of prayer. In which a prayer in which you are, you are the least consideration in the prayer. It's not that you won't pray for yourself, but you are the least consideration in the prayer. A situation where, you see, I was reading one book by Yonggi Cho on prayer. And he said that oftentimes when we pray in the spirit, there are times that God comes to us. He wakes you up to pray. When he wakes you up to pray, you can pray for three hours. Maybe you may even have the mind that you are praying for a matter that concerns you. But the prayer, actually praying in tongues, is not about you at all. God is using you to, as a defense for somebody in another continent at this hour who is in need. And he, needed, he needs to raise an intercessor for that person. That is a place that God wants us to come in. Where we can stand with him and legislate his will in a matter. You see why you should learn to pray. Don't be forced to pray. Make prayer a joy and a delight. And the beautiful thing about prayer is that there is something called the spirit of prayer. The spirit of prayer is not you go, give me prayer, give me the spirit of prayer, give me the... Uh, uh, uh. Yes, you can ask God to help you. But the spirit of prayer comes as you pray. The more you pray, the more it comes. The more you pray until it takes you over completely so that you find yourself that the default thing you are doing, you are praying. You are driving, you are quiet, you, are, you just find that the prayer begins to come. You, 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 you are going on the way, you are taking a jog, you are walking out, prayer begins to come. The manifestation of the spirit of prayer. But you have to cultivate it first before it comes. Are, are you following me? So measure your growth in Christ. Am I increasing in knowledge? How is my love work? Am I still keeping malice like I used to keep? Am I still... Am I still uh, the same brother that will go and tell the story, jump two, three heads together and stay innocent? I'm telling you, don't let them know it's me. If you say it, I will deny it. You are not growing. Are you following me, church? I hope somebody is being blessed one way or the other. Amen. Because we are looking too straight. Amen. I said spiritual transformation in this context is conforming to the image of Christ. I said, it is not about ministry position. When we talk about ministry position, you are in a place in which they expect you to have matured. The expectation is that you have matured. And so they commit a position to you. But lo and behold, you are a babe. It's not longevity in faith. It's not familiarity with Christian lingos and Christian talk. It's not excessive spiritual activity. It's not even prayer and fasting. Are you following me? You can pray and fast as a babe. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says, For who he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Did you see that? The objective of spiritual transformation is the formation of Christ in you. The formation of Christ in you. Where Paul, you see, part of why 
You see, you need to learn to pray and get into the place of prayer. Paul said, listen to me. My Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. He said, my children whom I traveled again in birth until Christ be formed in you. He prayed the formation of Christ into them. He prayed them to begin to walk as Christians. He prayed them to love God. He prayed them to read their Bible. He prayed them to come for service. He prayed them to learn to pray. He prayed them to stand as God's children. What is that? Part of your privilege for legislation. Part of your privilege to stand to enforce the will of God in the lives of, your, in the lives of people and in your environment around. That is a privilege we have in prayer. And you begin, as you begin to do this, you will find that grace increases in your life. As grace increases, knowledge increases, knowledge increases, grace increases, and you begin to grow. You will notice that your life is no longer the same person. Praise the Lord. Conforming to the image of Christ. Hear what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says. New Living Translation. It says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. Did you see that? Who is the head of his body, the church? The Amplified Bible says, Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things. The truth being speaking truly our words, dealing truly our actions, living truly our routines. When you grow in love, it will affect the words you speak, it will affect your actions. It will affect your routine, your interest, the way you conduct yourself. It will affect your relationships. Those are the three dimensions that he says, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. Unfolded in love. Let us grow up in every way, in all things unto him who is the head. Even Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Praise the Lord. But on the other hand, if you are a child, how does it manifest itself? Refusal to conform to the image of Christ. Can we have 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 on screen quickly? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. You see, love affects the way you speak. Love affects your actions. Love affects your dealings, your interests, your relationships. When you decide to grow in love, these three dimensions of your life will be affected. But when you choose to be a baby, what happens? Everybody, let's read together. When I was what? I did what? I did what? The next thing is what? I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away what? Childish things. Praise the Lord. Love affects your speaking. Love affects your understanding. Love will affect the way you do things. Love will affect your relationships. Love will affect your conduct. Love will affect your speech. Love will reflect and affect everything about your life. Why? Because Bible says God is love. It is your nature. It's your nature. And you know, nature affects, determines your appetite, for example. No matter how hungry a dog is, a dog can never eat grass. Hello? Unless if it is mineral deficient. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? No matter how much a goat is, a goat will never eat meat. Why? It is not in his nature. Nature determines appetite. No matter how 
terrible a human being is. He won't go and live underwater. Or a bird coming to live underwater. A bird will always fly. Human beings will live where they can get oxygen. Fish will live in the water. Why? Because of the nature. The fish has guilt. Guilt, sabi? Uh-huh. The human being, his nose he has. The bird in the air has wings to fly. So nature will determine where you stay. And so if you are truly a love child of God, and you reflect the love of God, it will affect what comes into your mouth. It will affect what comes out of your mouth. Because no matter how wicked a dog is, a dog will never say, meh, meh, meh. Nature will determine what comes out of his mouth. Are you listening to me? Have you ever seen a dog and a goat being friends? Eh? Have you ever seen, even bingo, the street dog and the street goat can never be friends. Why? Nature determines association. I, 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 are you listening to me? Nature determines association. So, if you are growing as a loved child of God, it affects everything about you. And love work is a cardinal way to check whether you are growing as a child of God. Number four here. I said, somebody said spiritual growth or transformation is a function of how much of the Bible you know or God's call on your life. I said, no, sir. I have met theologians that don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh. I have met theologians that don't believe in the new creation realities. I've met theologians that don't believe that you need to be born again. I have met them, yet they are theologians. And the Bible says anybody that doesn't say Jesus came in the flesh is not of God. And yet, he's a Pope. When I say Pope, you understand what I'm talking about. He's an exalted position in church. And yet, he doesn't believe. Oh, I've been to some one or two theology, I mean, theological schools that I had to run away. Because instead of they building life in me, they were sucking the life out of me. Oh, Yes. When you begin to affect the foundations of my faith as a child of God. I said, I came to learn, not that you come and take away the little I knew. I had to run away. And yet, there are high people in church. So, the Bible says, knowledge puffs up. The letter does what? Kill it. But it is the spirit that gives life. Praise the Lord. Hear what Apostle Paul said here. Acts chapter 24, verse 16. He says, Herein do I exercise myself to always, to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards man. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, 12, I mean 15 to 16, I just want to quickly read. 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7 to 8. He says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables. Exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Meaning that growth is a process. Meaning that growth requires work. If you are going to grow as a child of God, beloved of God, you must be ready to work for growth. It's a personal responsibility. I cannot go to the toilet for you. The best I can do is to show you. Show you the kitchen, show you the toilet, and show you what to do there. 
Are you with me? But I can never take the responsibility to, to send out the sons of partition for you. It is your responsibility to do that. Are you following me? Therefore, you must be ready to exercise yourself to grow. Growth is not automatic. Growth, the fact that you come to midweek service every day, you are taught, you are taught, you are taught, is good, oh, very, very good. But go and exercise yourself in those things. Go and check if those things you have been told are true. And decide to begin to walk in the reality of those things. Those are the things that will show. He says here, exercise, rather, exercise yourself unto godliness. Verse 8. He says, for bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that now is. And of that which is to come, verse 15, are you going to do this? He says, meditate upon these things, the things you have been taught. Give thyself wholly to them. Practice, believe them, practice them. How do I believe and practice them? I receive it. I hear it. I receive it. I meditate upon it. I begin to say it. As I say it, my life will begin to align with it. He says this, give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear unto all. Beloved, when you are growing, people will know. You too, you will know. People will know. He says, take heed unto thyself and unto doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear you. He says, take heed unto doctrine. Make sure you are taught, you are being taught the right things. Praise God. Finally, let me quickly take the last one. Every child of God has access to grow. Every child of God has access for spiritual transformation. Spiritual transformation is not an exclusive preserve of a few. Beloved of God, when you decide to take responsibility, when you decide to say, look, I must grow in Christ. What do I need to grow? I must identify with the right kind of people. I must invest in my own growth. And these days, you don't need to go too far. Almost all of us have smartphones here. You have access to Google. You have Bibles of different kinds. You version. You see, the world that we are living in, we have so much information now. As at my last count, you version had over 1,543 different translations of the Bible, including most of our local languages in Nigeria here. So if you read English, it doesn't click. Go and read your local language. And you will see the explanations there. It will bring it out. And you will see what the Bible is talking about. And when you understand, you begin to order your life to walk therein. As you order your life to walk therein, precept upon precept, line upon line. We've been hearing about pray, pray, pray. Make up your mind. If you have never prayed for 10 minutes before, make up your mind, I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. Pray in tongues. You alone, no, not in a corporate gathering. Make up your mind, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. Great time. Wake up 30 minutes earlier. And when you wake up, you know that it is prayer. Your first 21 days is going to be a fight. After the 21 days, the next 10 days will be a stabilizing. By the by time you are entering uh, the 32nd or the 33rd day, you will see that even yourself, you, if, if for example, you didn't set your alarm and you sleep, and it is almost time that you are supposed to wake up, to make up, you will find that a hand will come and tap you. What has tapped you? The spirit of God, the spirit of prayer. It is time. We have a meeting. Come, let's go. Do you understand me? You build it. You cultivate it. And, it will, and at that time, that kind of prayer, don't waste your time uh, praying about, just lift your voice unto God 
in thanksgiving. Lift your voices and go, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. God will help you. God will hear you. God will answer you. And God will help you to take, to join with him to make legislations in the spirit. And you get, you enter into your day. You see the rest of the day flowing. Then, maybe out of 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in your uh, break time, you have that break. Take it out. That is when you can be looking at your prayer points. Quickly pray them, chap, chap, chap. Before you go, pray another 20 minutes, another 30 minutes. You would have prayed for one hour or two hours before the day is out. And that is how you begin to build yourself, build yourself, build yourself. Have you gone to Marina to see some of those high-rise buildings being built? Initially, maybe you are on the third floor of a particular building. You see them trying to lay the foundation, isn't it? But every day, something is being added. Every day, something is being added. For two months or two weeks, it might appear as if nothing is happening. But suddenly, you go away. Maybe you travel. You come back one week. Only to see that the building has come to the level that you are in, that you are on at that time. Before another one month passes, it is going up. Initially, you were looking at it like this. After a while, you begin to look at it like this. Are you listening to me? That is building up, building up, building up. It's the same way that happens in our lives as we constantly follow God and watch and walk in the reality of his word. Growth is for everybody. But how many of us are willing to exercise ourselves in the discipline for growth? Bow your heads, let's talk to God. You have heard the word of God today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, I would love to pray with you. Or you want to say, Pastor, please, I want to rededicate, rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I've gone on my own. I've missed my way. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Can I see your hands up? I want to pray with you. Children, talk to God. Amen. Maybe you are watching from home. I'll pray with you right now. Just pray this prayer with me. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that he paid the price for my sins. I believe in my heart that he died and was raised up for my justification and is now seated at the right hand side of God. Lord, I believe and I confess him as Lord of my life today. In line with your word, accept me as your child today. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer at home or wherever you're watching, call the numbers on the screen there. Somebody will be there to talk with you. And if you are here, you pray that prayer. Please, I want you to see Pastor Fidelis Okonicha, the pastor at the back there. He'll be willing. May the Lord continually be gracious to you. May you have a thirst and a desire, a hunger after God to pursue the things of God and grow thereby in the name of Jesus. May heavens, may the God of revelation visit and encompass you with his revelation. And as you come in desiring to grow, may the Holy Spirit hold your hands and lead you correctly in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You will be far from oppression. I say you will be far from oppression. This week, your desires shall be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. And you will come to see God in a new light. In Jesus' name. May you experience the favor before God and favor of men. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.